Welcome to No Room for Phonies, episode 83. Where we're going to recap the downtown by counts. So the big quote for today is, Consistency is what we need in life. The rest falls into place. Build yourself into a person you are proud to be, even if no one else is clapping for you. Purpose is the role you play to yourself, to your relationships, the way you care for others and they care for you, how you exchange love, how you bond with others, not what you do, but the way you do it. It is not what you do. It is not what you do. It is what you become. And you have this unconditional presence, bringing your own uniqueness to tasks and filling yourself up so that you overflow. And it's from the book, uh, This is How, When You Are Ready, This Is How You Heal by Brianna Weist. Weist. Weist, whatever. Weist, Weist. Hmm. Anyway, so okay. I thought it was pretty cool. And like when I uh, was thinking about biking and, you know, um, having good health and everything, I was mm-hmm. just thinking about how it's not really willpower or anything. It's consistency. It's yeah. like I every like day. The- Build yourself into a person you are proud to be, even if no one else is clapping yeah, for you. I, so I think the consistency piece is, if you think about that, it's easier to be consistent because you're not worried about what other people what other are people. thinking. It's kind of very similar to Seth Godin and the book I'm reading right now called I, I thought that for a minute it was from no, that because of not. the clapping line. Yeah. Um, but I like, and I like the idea of purpose being just the role that you play and you know, and not about, um, it's not what you do, it's the way that you do it, mm-hmm. the way you do your relationships, the way. And I like the term unconditional presence. Mm-hmm. Like I'm there in my life without, without any conditions, conditions right. on anything. I'm mm-hmm. just doing life. So anyway, I thought it was really cool. And that's right. a very cool book. I so, need to read it. Well, it's on my list. Yeah, it's on my Kindle, so you can read it. Um, so what has, what was, I wanted to just start by talking about what our experience with the downtown bike hounds was. So, so we went in last summer to look at bikes and on the recommendation of Sebastian. Yep. And we weren't actually going to buy the day that we walked in the first time we were just going to shop. But we ended up <laughs> buying not buying. one. And then in the end, we really were only looking for me. Your bike. And then because it was such a good deal. Yeah. So then we, we bought, bought two bikes. Two bikes. And we were able to test ride them. Which is very unusual because you walk into a downtown store in an urban place and you're not really thinking you're going to be able to test ride. And when you shop at a big box store you, you definitely you can't. definitely can't ride one. and it really did make all the difference like yeah. i knew when i pop got on my bike that i really wanted mm-hmm. it and uh like i just liked and they had like uh spare helmets there too for you so you yeah. could try it out and... but anyway we ended up and we couldn't bring both bikes home that day so they stored the one in the basement and we went back and got it that's right because we didn't have the bike rack or anything right. on the car mm-hmm. so um, we had to put my, we brought my bike home and we had to put it in the, in the trunk, in the trunk. And then so, we went back. Yeah. But it was just, uh, that was our experience and that kind of, we were really excited about the shop. Like, and then when we left there, they had put on the, 
kickstand, the two water bottle holders, the bell, mm-hmm. like everything was on our bikes, like yeah. ready, ready to, to go. go. Yeah. And they well, all. And I just liked his, uh, and we had Will, that was the guy who mm-hmm. sold us the bikes, just his patience in kind of educating us about the bikes we were looking at. And yeah. Uh, about the wide, the width of the tires and the type of gear possibilities. And he, I felt and, that he really did listen to me about what I wanted in a bike. Yeah. Sebastian had told mm. me I wanted a certain kind of bike, and then when I explained to him what mm. what I was really like as a as a rider, yeah. he didn't recommend the the two by two mm-hmm. kind of a bike for me because I don't want to get stuck on a hill where I can't get up the hill yeah. because I'm on you a two by the, two. You need the bigger gear. I need. Range. I needed that range. So that yeah. was our experience, and uh, which is I, what inspired us to approach them about doing a podcast. Yes, I mean, and then yeah. I felt like it was really important for me to understand what. And for him to understand what my style of cycling was mm-hmm. in order to fit me with a bike that made sense yeah. for me. Yeah. And I also, I think I, he also appreciated that, like, I, I want a bike. I'm more of a destination biker, as I think I said in the podcast. So I want a really comfortable bike, but I didn't want to spend $3,000 on a bike I wanted. And my bike was, I think it was 600, which Mm -hmm. you can easily spend at Walmart on a bike. Yeah. But what a difference. But what a difference. And it's quiet and it shifts. Yeah. And then I really liked him listening to me too, because, you know, I wanted a little bit more of a road bike, but, um, I wanted to grow in my ability to go faster and further. And so he took that into consideration. Otherwise, I think he could have given me another one like yours. Yeah. Just the men's version. But he, yeah. I got a little bit more. A little bit more. Uh, yeah. Streamlined. Yeah. Which is what I'm really yeah. happy with. Yeah. No. So, I mean, it is really important when you go to buy a bike to go to a small store. And I mean, we obviously recommend this place. But mm-hmm. and if they don't kind of ask you what you're going to be doing with your bike then i would get out yeah and if they the don't store. offer you to take it for a test ride then then i would get out, out too yeah. because it's not like i know of these bike stores well, i remember you, that other place in port colburn you went to with sebastian at the yeah. beginning of of covid and they were so snotty mm-hmm. and, yeah like these guys are not snobs about <laughs> biking not no all. they just want to and I think this gets on to the next point of like their survival and their key to survival as a small business is that they their reputation is their relationship with clients mm-hmm. and they're really wanting to listen to the client and understand what they want yeah. and then support them after they're riding. Like we mm-hmm. witnessed when we were there, this guy came in and he needed a certain kind of a tool. Right. And it would have taken a while for it to, to come, come in. Because Amazon didn't even have so it. So he went in the back. And gave and sold them a used one. A used one for less money. Yeah. And the guy was like super happy. Mm-hmm. So, and then you just imagine how many times he's coming back. Well, and then the day that we were in buying our bikes, this young kid came in with mm-hmm. a bike. And he popped it up on the stand and did a whole bunch of things with it and he didn't even charge the kid like no. he just looked after his bike yeah. and they do have a really good service plan for bikes yes they do 
like want the first level is like 70 bucks and then it's around a hundred and something mm-hmm. and then it's more like yeah it's like, like the taking take apart yeah, the, how much how much they clean how much right. they take apart so i think and, and sebastian just told me today that his uh, bike from the uk like when he started riding it he still noticed the sound that threw mm-hmm. him off and he took it to them early on and yeah. they said oh you're missing the spacer and it wasn't put on or okay. it was whatever. So they put this tiny little spacer on, didn't charge him. Yeah. And now it's quiet. Yeah. But so. they know he'll come back yeah. for other stuff yeah. and he'll buy other stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and we're going to put our bikes on the rack soon yeah. and take them up there for a service. Yeah. Like, I actually want to do that fairly soon. Mm-hmm. So anyway, just... um Once so the I ice think, melts. I think the key to survival... um is understanding their the clientele in their neighborhood like they keep the kinds of bikes that the most a lot of their clients yes. want a lot of them are commuters commuters yeah, yeah in because the city, they're on in bike the paths, city on, on so, concrete roads and i mean he talked about but the other thing is like building relationship i mean everything i've been reading about marketing and and uh successful business growth is you know we're done looking at ads we don't believe ads anymore no we don't believe a sell- lot of us don't even have tvs we- that play ads right and then the internet and ads and the banners and pop-ups we just nix them or put on software to block right them and so ads don't work and um salesy type sales pitches don't work right and email after email after email doesn't work doesn't work well you just block them you just block them unsubscribe whatever Mm -hmm. so what's actually finally making a difference is like back to how it used to be pre-technology where it's the relationship Mm -hmm. you have with the business and their reputation right and i mean i can tell you a hundred times how i've gone into a business to to buy something or something and walked out because because the service i felt and i felt um, well, and the thing is, there is a bike shop in Port Coburn. I mm-hmm. could have gone to that bike shop quite easily, right? Yep. I didn't there. like them. No. They were condescending and yeah. made you feel small for not being like a biker. Yeah. And their bikes were 1500 to $3,000, yeah. like ridiculously yeah, different market. Different market, right, whatever. <laughs> but I can't see that in Port Coburn that that's the market I like know. I don't know how they do it but yeah, anyway it's not obviously. the population but. so he talked a little bit about the impact of COVID right mm-hmm. on and I mean you know it's just the whole idea is the COVID impact going to just continue and continue and continue like it really you mean the supply chain thing or the fact that it, it made everybody want to start cycling the cycling yeah I don't know industry. how long that's going to last yeah, it's just interesting. But they weren't really relying on that before. Like, they've been there yeah. for 10 years. Yeah. So, obviously, it's given them a boost, mm-hmm. but that's not But then, not all of their... a sudden, they dried up and there's no more supply. So then, right. Then but then, it's then it's, but that's still not their kind of no. baseline business. It's no. Their baseline business still exists. Yeah. COVID gave them, like, a little boost, but... Mm-hmm. And notice, I don't think they had kids' bikes, did they? Uh, no. No. So no. they aren't really. That's no. Not their I think they would get you a kid's bike yes. if you went in, and but they're not. That's, that's not. not a lot of people are when they buy their kid a bike is are going to Walmart. Yes, because because exactly. they outgrow it. It's cheap. They outgrow it, yeah. or they're getting them off Kijiji or something, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. So until yeah. So I don't know if I don't think it probably has changed cycling forever. Just like I don't think it's well. Look how many people have stopped going for walks. Like yeah, I know the pathways and all the hiking. Well, and the other thing, the um, a friend of mine was saying who works for a big company mm-hmm. that 
um, they're now wanting to require their people to come back on site. Mm. So it's like um, not him particularly because yeah. of his job, but like some of the other people. And like you, you're noticing that at the college yep. too, that, yep. you know, people still are striving to not work on site. but mm-hmm. And students beca- aren't wanting to come on site because they have jobs now and they want yeah. to have afternoons and evenings. And yeah. They don't so want, it's changing. It's changing, but... I think that's going to be a little bit more permanent. Yeah, I do. As long as the economy is strong and people have jobs. Yeah. It's when people don't have jobs, then they come to college from eight to four. Because what else are they going to do? What are they going to do? Yeah. So it'll be interesting to watch that. And uh, the different kinds of bikes. I think we kind of talked about that. And and if you want to know where to get some good cycling in the area, go back to our other podcast. Yeah, go back and listen to Sebastian and Nick. Um, do you remember what episode number that was? Uh, I'd have to go and look, but I'll put it in. We'll put it in the show notes. But yeah, there was a bike. Well, and I mean, you can go on the blog. Yeah. And just, just look. look for cycling. and No room for phonies.com. Yeah. Search and, for cycling. You'll find And it. the four is a number. No room for number four. Boom. Right. And um, also what made me, what, what Will said at the, at the store is looking for a cycle club, like bicycling clubs. And that's easy. Some of them are a little bit high end for my taste. Well, they're a little bit racy. Yeah. Racy, no. No, Wrong word. Not racy. Oh, you know what I mean. High speed or. Well, or the other thing is. Push the bounds, right? Or they're um, very status. Yes. The $4,000 bike bike and and traveling to to different countries. and all those kinds of things no but i think there's probably if you go to meetup.com or facebook you probably can find a little bit more yeah and i mean for us we like to bike you know he talked about the credit card bike right bike ride where you um you know you basically bike to an inn and then you stay there and then (laughs) you bike and you or you bike for breakfast and you have breakfast and then you bike home and that's that's my favorite actually kind of biking where we kind of have a destination Mm -hmm. we bike there and it's not about like can we do 300 kilometers no no no. and i mean we're we're a 20 to 30 kilometer ride people and i don't know that i'll ever see myself tons more than that Mm -hmm. like if i really planned it out i might be able to do like you know 50 or something but i'd have Mm -hmm. to be able to stop part way and you know regroup and do Mm -hmm. some more so anyway but some of the cool takeaways from that day um Again, going back to, you know, if you're running a small business, the importance of listening to the client, you know, to kind of, Mm -hmm. and I felt like he wasn't. And I think as consumers, we should be pushing back more and advocating for better service. Yeah, I do too. I do too. Like, like, well, you know that I do. Like if somebody. But I mean, I was in Montreal a couple of weeks ago for work and understaffed hotel but the waiters that were serving the conference group like and i needed the gluten-free thing um they were like they bent over backwards to go and find something in some freezer somewhere so that i could have something like for dessert right i said somebody else ate the desserts that isn't a gluten-free person (laughs) and they said yeah because it was chocolate (laughs) yeah um but it was the manner it was like they were very proud of their job yeah 
you know, and the, and these were guys in their fifties, waiter, yeah. waiters I that find were career it waiters. Less and maybe the, that way when you're face to face, kind of, and it's a oh, higher. But look at the surly faces you encounter of people over the counter in stores, and yeah, the, and the indifference. I guess, and, I guess, but I'm just thinking, like on, like, well, those uh, people, telephone those people. people don't have the where is it the unconditional presence. Mm-hmm. They're not con- unconditionally present yeah. in their job at the moment. They're kind yeah. Of, but I mean, I just kind of like when you call and yeah. then you wait. Well, like the problem I had at the bank, right? Because I did an e-transfer and it didn't go right. through. So then I called to fi- figure out what had happened. And he basically said, well, just cancel it and then right. do it again. And I said, but if I cancel, and it was for a rather large, like mm-hmm. a larger sum of money, like... Yeah. If I cancel it, then it's going to take 20 days for it to go back in my account. And so now I'm going to be out double mm-hmm. that amount, which was like a lot, a lot. So then he, I just kept pushing and pushing and pushing. And finally he figured it out. And finally he showed me how to go in and check what had happened, mm. which he could have done right from the beginning. Right. So the funny part was when I picked up the phone, the first thing they say is this bank is award winning and whatever. Yeah, yeah. So I said to the guy, <laughs> Uh, I, the first thing I got told when I, you know, when the phone was answered was that you're an award-winning bank. I said, you're obviously not award-winning for this because this <laughs> is the second e-transfer that I've had that has, I've had a problem with. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, and he kind of laughed, but it's like, you know, you and can't, I'm, don't tell me you're well, award-winning. Well, didn't he say call back and then you said, well, I don't want to wait another 15 no, minutes. No, I'm not, yeah, I made him stay on the line while I made sure everything was done right and mm-hmm. figured out. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, and I had that same experience with a doctor, um, receptionist calling me back and trying to get me onto one of these online things where they keep your records because it's shifted. Right. And she wanted to hang up and I said, no, you don't. She said, well, you can always call back. And I said... Well, I can, but you don't pick up the phone. Mm. Like, I can call back, but you don't pick up the phone. It just goes to answering It goes machine. to answering machine. Oh, she said. I mm. said, so I'm not calling back. You have to sit on the phone while I make sure this worked. And it didn't work at first. Yeah. And it took a while. And she was very impatient. Mm-hmm. I didn't care. Like you, what you get, what you demand, I think. In, yeah. And I didn't, I felt like I didn't have to demand anything and i felt like like they weren't talking down to me but they were listening to me and saying well if that's what you really want to do this bike might be a better option for you right not telling me i couldn't get the other no 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 but explaining to me the features of the other one and and if this is what you want to do this bike, this bike will, will be, be the, the one match. that because he doesn't want me to walk out and then come back two weeks later and say, "Why'd you sell me this bike? It doesn't even meet my needs." Right. So yeah. hugely, like mm-hmm. you know, and and uh, like he talked about all the different kinds of biking. Like if you're going bike packing or commuting or pulling a trailer or just like whatever it is you're mm-hmm. doing, there's a kind of a bike, bike. for that. Yeah. That so. Um, I also like the discussion of thinking of your bike as a vehicle and, mm-hmm. you know, for, around maintenance and following the rules of the road. I yeah. mean, we would never think of, you know, disobeying the rules of the road when you're behind the wheel of a car. I mean, some people do speed and do some yeah. things, but I mean, but. generally you have to or else you lose your car. Mm-hmm. But 
I've seen bikers. I know. Like take a lot of chances, you know, and Mm -hmm. I mean, I know that cars are not as always watching bikes Mm -hmm. either, but I think if you are following the rules of the road and you stop when you're supposed to stop and you stay on the proper side and, and I mean, for us, we stay on paths more as much as possible. We do a little bit of roads, but I mean, only now there's more and more roads with bike paths. So, and only to kind of get to the next path sometimes. Mm -hmm. So. I don't know. I thought that, and the whole maintenance thing, like, mm-hmm. I mean, for us, our, the maintenance of our car is very important because we want to keep it a long time. So yeah, it but it makes be, sense that it should be the same for a bicycle. Yeah. Especially if you spend a little bit more on it, mm-hmm. you want to keep it maintained. And it was interesting to, to learn about, like, bicycle mechanics are pretty much self-taught through... Mm-hmm. Like, courses put on by the people who make the bikes yeah, more or less more or less right and that there could be a, a opportunity for colleges for a micro what do they call them micro credential in mm-hmm. bike repair mm-hmm. like that'd be a very cool like you know a six-month program yeah. or a four to six you know whatever absolutely they, so that i thought was cool and you know two things that i think i've learned is the importance of lights day and night mm-hmm and then the other thing is that whole idea about that little hesitation you do on, on your shift. Right. So that you're not shifting while you're in motion, that you mm-hmm. kind of do that, sec, you know, that second pause mm-hmm. and then shift and then go. Yeah. That that really um, keep helps your bike to stay, like, yeah, it doesn't in better strain, shape. It doesn't so. strain the gears. Yeah. So, I mean, it was a really interesting discussion. He was really knowledgeable about everything and very laid back, which yep. is part of what is nice about the shop the shop is also um it's an older building but it's very very clean and mm. the the shop area itself is clean and organized yeah, the, like the you whole can workbench, tell all the workbenches and everything they all those tools are very like organized. sometimes you and go, all the little parts and, yeah and yes there's areas where you can tell they use grease and oil but it's still all cleaned up yeah. afterwards like it's yeah not. and he said they work hard to do that because yeah. it, it inspires confidence right yeah. to be organized and mm-hmm. clean not have stuff all over the place especially yeah. when you're repairing yeah well and then just to find all those little pieces yeah. yeah so all in all so go back and listen to if you haven't listened to the episode with uh will and the and, and sebastian was and sebastian, there and right. yeah they do some great with the um, downtown bike house. yeah so listen go to it a listen it was great um and so next time march 15th we're actually going to do the road to a healthy you with, with dr our, with carrie. dr carrie Rongitz, our naturopath slash dietitian so yeah so that will be something to look forward to for next month and we're actually going to do it from her airstream care stream yep like it's like a camper thing but it's it's an an airstream Airstream camper but it's a clinic inside it's a mobile clinic it's a mobile clinic so we're actually going to film and speak from that um venue so thanks for joining us again for no room for phonies episode 83. 83 a recap of the downtown bike house Good night.